Hey, hey, welcome to Pocket Change. I am Candace Lott. I never know what to do with my hands while talking, so I'll keep them busy while doing laundry. Hang out with me while I ramble on about all kinds of topics and different seasons of life I've experienced. It's going to be loads of fun. Let's get to folding. Hey, hey, happy whatever day it is you're listening to this. Um, it is, what day is it? oh, it's Wednesday in my world. Uh, so definitely not on back on my uh, schedule that I have been attempting to keep with doing this. Um, if you listened to the last episode, was a hole in that blanket. That's fun. You will know. I was chatting about the end of year hustle and kids and activities and all the things. So I'm going to blame it on that. And just frankly, I don't know what it is about this week, but it's just been a really hard week to kind of get excited about a lot of stuff. Um, It's just been a really weird week. And so, yeah. So it's now Wednesday, so sorry for getting it out late, but hopefully, you know, you don't all just hate me. Um, So I thought today we would talk about, I put a poll up on my Instagram. So if you're not following me and somehow you found this podcast without following me and you just like me that much, thank you. Not fun. Um, I'm Candace J. Lot Realtor on Instagram, um, but I put a poll up yesterday about topics, some topics that I was curious to see if anyone would be interested in listening to, and I had budgeting, couples counseling, friendship, and um, relationship with your parents as you get older and what that looks like and how that kind of transitions in such a sometimes interesting and not so fun way. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to start that next week and kind of go with the one that was voted for the most and then kind of go backwards, I guess. Anyway, that makes sense. But today I thought I would talk about Divorce. Such a fun topic, right? So fun. So I know I talked about it a little bit in some previous episodes um, that my ex-husband and I were divorced in 2019 after seven years of marriage. Um, so a lot of people will be like, oh, you the seven-year itch got y'all. Not really. Um So I thought I'd kind of give my two cents on how our divorce proceedings went and frankly, just some tips for those that are out there that might be contemplating divorce and just do everything I, listen to what I did and don't do anything I did basically. Those are my tips. So, first of all, uh, we had, let's see, when my ex-husband and I got together, oh, I always enjoy doing math on the fly with y'all, because 
always go so well in my favor. I forget how old I was. Um, Mackenzie was about, I want to say four. Yes, because she started kindergarten. I believe, yes, I think she started kindergarten the year we got married, if I remember correctly. Anyway, so I think she was four when we started, when Chris and I started dating. And everything was hunky-dory. We kind of moved pretty fast. We started dating in about the March time frame. And I believe he asked me to help him go house shopping. And we bought a house in about the September time frame. So pretty ding dang dong fast. Um, so we bought a house. Well, he bought a house. And I just happened to live there with Mackenzie. So go through all of that. We get married about a year later. And, you know, with any relationship, there's highs, there's lows, there's ups, there's downs. But what makes a relationship work, in my opinion and in my experience, is whenever both parties are open to doing work on not only themselves, but how they treat their spouse and how to communicate with their spouse. Because everyone communicates differently. And whenever you marry someone or you're living with someone, I mean, it's no longer about great dates and romantic evenings, which are huge. Don't get me wrong, very huge. But it's about how many times have I asked you to do this thing that I need you to do to help me out around the house kind of stuff. And it's, you get into like the trudge of having a home together and the daily schedules. And if there's kids involved, getting things to and from and, um, you know, making sure you hang out with friends and this, that, and the other. So, and I don't know why this is. I notice it with a lot of my girlfriends, especially when we were back in our dating ages for some of us. And whenever we started dating a guy, some of us would, and me included, would kind of fall off the edge of the planet with our girlfriends. And we'd end up hanging out more with the boyfriend's friends. So I don't know if that's just like a female thing. I don't know. Sorry, I have the sniffles, so I apologize. So I hung out more with Chris's friends than I did my own during our, during the extent of our relationship. And that was a huge mistake because when things started turning to the point to where I was like, okay, well, if things don't improve. Like, I'm, I'm done here. I, this is not the marriage I want my kids to see and eventually model whenever they're going to go look for a partner. So then I looked up and all of a sudden I didn't have any friends really that 
knew Chris much. I had a few friends that that had met him and hung out with him, but not a ton. Because um, anytime we hung out together as a couple, we were always with his friends. And so that also meant most of my close friends were the wives of his best friends. So it, it was tricky. Um, and I am, I did learn through all of this, you know, I'm not a big fan of like complaining to your family and friends, well, family specifically about your significant other. Because here's something I learned. Whenever you have something negative, a fight or whatever, and you go and vent to your mom or your dad or whatever, and you say, say, well, this happened and this happened. Well, they're going to hold that and remember that. So even if you patch it up, they're going to remember it. And so I didn't really share a lot about what was going on between Chris and I. Not a lot of people really knew. Um, my family didn't know. Like two whole friends of mine knew what was happening. And so whenever it came time for us to announce our divorce, and I say announce, but like, it wasn't like a, a Facebook post. It was just when we shared the news that we were separating and getting divorced, people were just so like blindsided. They were like, what? I don't understand. You seem so happy on Facebook. Or I don't get it. You've never said anything. Well, not that. Oh my gosh, I'm yawning. So sorry. Not that you should like hide your problems, but I have counselors. I that's who I was talking to about my problems. I had a very select few friends that knew what was going on. Because again, if we recovered from it and got back together, or not back together, but you know, continued, decided to continue on the path of our relationship, I didn't want all these people being like, oh, so how's this going? You know, it's, you just don't want them to bring up. It's like whenever you're out and about and everyone, you know, a few people know, like, okay, I'm, I have been diagnosed as depressed and I used to take medicine for it. And I don't want someone to come up to me at the middle of the gathering and be like, so how's your depression? It's not really the time to talk about it, Linda. Come on. So. I didn't share with a lot of people what was going on. And so whenever we did share what was happening, it blindsided a lot of people. And honestly, he didn't tell a lot of his family. Um, and so that was interesting. Like we, I would have a few people reach out like on Instagram. They're like, oh my gosh, did y'all move? Well, I moved. Chris didn't. Um, he still lives there. Um, so that was interesting. But here's here's kind of really what I wanted to talk about when it comes to divorce. So I had tried to get Chris and I in couples counseling for several months. And he went once with me. And 
he went, the one time he went with me was the day after I told him I wanted a divorce. So it was, it was real, real for him then. He was like, oh, you weren't kidding. It's like, I was not kidding. I, I am not happy. And this is not the relationship I want our kids to model when it comes time for them to pick their partner. This is not, this is not what I want. And there's a lot of other things, but so he went with me to that counseling appointment the very next day. And I remember at that time, like Chris was saying, well, I can work on this. I can work on that. And if you've ever been through a divorce or you've had friends have been through a divorce or your parents have gone through a divorce, anyhow, you hear that a lot. Like I can change. I can work on it. I can change. And I had heard the same story many a times for some things that kept coming up as issues. And I, by no means, was an angel for our marriage. I Let's just be honest and get that out of the way. I could have been a lot more patient with him. I could have been a lot more um, caring. But understanding and... had a little bit more just tried to work with him more on some of the issues that he was having that our counselor, my counselor that we went to go see called out and I could have worked with him more. And we both did things in our marriage that mommy, we can't go back and change, but we both did things in our marriage that ended in a divorce. But as we sat there, um, like I can change, I can change. And my counselor said something that's, oh, that's stuck with me ever since she said it. She's like, Chris, I've been working with Candace for, I think we'd been working together for a year at that time. And she said, Candace is at the end of this book. She's at the end of it. She's tried She's tried techniques. She's tried to get you in here. And you're still at the beginning. And that's where couples have issues. Whenever one person has been trying and trying and trying and trying. And the other person is just not that they're ignoring it. They're just not paying as close attention as they really should have been. Um, and that's just, I mean, when it comes down to it, I believe that is kind of what happened with us. I think there just wasn't the attention to the issues that I, that we were having. The attention just wasn't being given. It was just like, it's okay. It'll work itself out. Well, no issue really works itself out. It gets worked out by people that want to work it out. So Anyway, and so I've always thought that was a good, like, cornerstone to think about. So, yeah, it was very true. I had, I was at the end of that chapter. I was at the end of that book. I, I was done. I was exhausted. I was out. So we just, we started 
the proceedings of Dvoris, um, which I'm here in Texas, and there is a 90, I can't remember, 90 or 60 day cool off period from the day you get, the day you file your papers to the day you can get officially divorced, which is so interesting to me because like you have three days of a cool off time from the time you get your license, your marriage license, to the time you can call the courts and be like, just kidding. So I do feel like that's an interesting situation. Um, and some states are like two years of a cooling off period once you file for separation. And those that have been divorced, you're going to know whenever you, if you were the one who filed, the day you file for separation, you're so done. You're, I mean, you're done with it. You're, you've said your piece and you're filing for separation because you've, you've said your piece. You said everything you can say. Nothing's changed. Nothing's improving. You're done. You're ready to move forward. So separation cooling off period is like, well, I've been working on this for years now. Finally seeked out professional help a year ago. And here we are 12 months later. Now I have to wait another few more months to cool off. Okay, cool. So we file the paperwork and this is where I will say, do not do as we did. We did not use an attorney. We did it ourselves because I was told that I would leave the marriage with what I came in with. So I left the marriage with a paycheck and the clothes. And then I started up my life with the incredible support from friends and family who helped furnish an entire house for me and the kids. And everything we had was stuff that people had given us. Um, everything because I had nothing. I had a paycheck. I had an, a house that I was renting that was terrible. Um, I had nothing because nothing was in my name. So step one, if you're married on the deed, put both of your names on the deed. Both of them. If you're not both on the loan, put your, put them both on the deed. Um, because that's where we messed up. So we go through the divorce, we separate, we go through the separation. We finally, we divorce, the day shows up, we go to the court. And I remember Chris and I had an agreement, like he wouldn't, there wouldn't be child support. We would just as grown adults, look at what we were spending every month. And then at the end of every month, we would be like, okay, this is how much this was. And I would keep kind of like a running tab and we would split it 50, 50. And I remember the judge was like, are you sure you don't want child support? And I was like, no, we're going to be good. Like we're going to be good co-parents. We're going to work it out. Y'all child support every single time. Every single time. File for it. Ask for it. Get it. Because if you are the one who is the primary caregiver, and in our relationship, 
I was. I was the one who took the kids to the doctor's appointments. I was the one who took them to Target. I was the one who got the things on Amazon that was needed for school. If you are the primary caregiver for those things, get the child support. So we didn't get child, I didn't have child support and we'd had a pretty, pretty solid split 50-50 custody situation. Um, so that I will say, if you can split it, try your best to split it because man, making sure you have time with your kids is so important and try not to make the, <laughs> the biggest issue should not be about the custody. The biggest issue should be about your assets, honestly. And then the next thing that we didn't do is we did not take that divorce decree and we did not refinance his car that was in my name. So therefore, if he chose not to pay, it was in my name. It fell on me. So if you are switching assets and your ex-husband or ex-wife is getting the car that's in your name, have them refinance it, put it in their name. Any debt, remove yourself as authorized signers on their accounts, do it all. Because what I thought was being amicable, I can't say that word very well, so whatever, however you say it, amicable, whatever, and being as, trying to make this as easy as possible and less stress as possible for everyone involved actually turned out to do be the worst thing that I could have done. Um, because in the event that something happens to your ex-spouse and you have, have all these verbal agreements with your ex-spouse and all of a sudden your ex-spouse is no longer here, congratulations. It is now you standing in front of your ex-spouse's family trying to explain y'all's agreement and they don't abide by it. And then you're sitting there holding everything, everything that was in both of y'all's names because you did not get an attorney. You did it yourself. You did not refinance your cars. You didn't do any of that. You are now responsible for all of it on your own. So get an attorney, 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 pay for mediation. Mediation wasn't going to be terribly expensive, but I couldn't afford to pay it on my own and he had no interest in splitting it. So his thought was, well, if you went out of the marriage so bad, then figure it out. So I did, I did, I figured it out. So get it. If you're getting a divorce, get an attorney, get your assets squared away to where whoever's, keeping those assets, it's in their names. 
and be parents, be the best co-parents you can possibly be. Don't say bad things about the the ex-spouse in front of them. If you have family, please, please, you have family going through a divorce and you have, and they're near and they have kids and you're with the kids. Don't say anything negative about that other person because that is not your place. Divorce is hard, y'all. It is so hard. And it's hard on the people getting divorced. It's hard on the kids. It changes the family dynamic. And if you have someone in your family getting divorced and the ex-spouse is still showing up to all the family events, yes, support that. Support that. Because that's co-parenting. That's still being involved in each other's lives and figuring it out. A way to figure it out and deal this new life without just completely changing everything. And I will say, Chris and I had made that worked out pretty good. He actually he came to a lot of the family events we had, which was awesome. He hadn't come to a lot before. Um, and, you know, don't, don't take for granted the partner you have. If you see your partner is struggling, try to help out. Your partner asks you to go to counseling, go with them. Divorce is hard. It sucks. It so sucks. And it's very lonely. So if you know someone going through divorce, reach out, ask them how they're doing. Hell, send them like a coffee gift card or something. I mean, it's just, it's hard and it's so lonely. And a simple message that just says, thinking about you, hope you're having a great day. Y'all, that can, that can make the biggest difference. And that person's day. So that's my few mini cents on a uh, divorce. Get an attorney, get an attorney, get an attorney. Be kind to one another because I can guarantee you the couple that are getting a divorce, they have enough stress. They don't need to have the adage of your two cents on why you think y'all, they should stay together or why you think y'all should go ahead with the divorce or how you how you think they should co-parent whenever you've never been a co-parent you've never been a single parent you've never none of that just be there to hold their hand or shoulder to cry on or a person to vent to those are my those are my things if you're going through divorce and you're listening to this very sorry. Very sorry. It's so lonely. And I do hope that through your divorce, you find who you are and it leads you to happier and more joyful days and days that are filled with light, more light and less dark. That's all I got for today. So uh, you guys stick around and next week 
I actually have a plan for next week. I know, get excited. Next week, we're going to talk about um, friendships. So, you know, how they shape us, how they hurt us when they end, things like that. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you all have one heck of a day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Pocket Change. You can find me on the internet at candice-lot.com, on Instagram at candicejlot, that's lot with two T's, and on Facebook as Candice Lot. I look forward to meeting you. Have a great day.